Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Today's episode, the Football Card Hall of Fame that Ray Fonio, Bart Bartholomew, and Scott Nathan have put forth the inaugural class, 45 names on the ballot. Thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here it is. When I was interviewing Adam Gray, on my podcast about the iconic 100, which is his baby. He works for PWCC. Yeah. Basically, his survey was similar to yours, except that you had to put the rank number from okay. 1 through 75, not just 1 <laughs> through 10. And instead of 45, he had 225. So he had all these pictures there. And you guys had a pictorial and you had a list. Mm. Look at the list. And then you get it all on one page and kind of put it in context. His point was, and this would be applicable to you guys on the football, is iconic has a visual connotation. And if you can't picture the card, forget about what the card is called or what year it is. If you don't see that card in your mind's eye, then it's not iconic. And so if you can't see the pose of what the Namath looks like or the Peyton then it's not iconic and it's not right. Hall of Fame worthy. I think good he's, point. he won't go quite that far, but but he's got a good point. Because you can't see that card, then right. how important is it to you? Because we've had discussions about the first football card, Harry Beecher. Yep. But I agree, like I can't picture the card, what it even looks like. That's a good point that just because maybe it's the oldest or the rarest doesn't necessarily fit into the mold of a Hall of Famer. Frankly, I think it eventually does. Eventually, right. My guess is this first class will be heavy on the vintage. And then as time goes, you'll be moving to the present. And again, people like to vote for people they've seen. Unless somebody was so spectacular, somebody their dad saw or their grandfather even. You know, and there's so many more video highlights now. Yeah. Asking me, are the players of today better? They're faster. (laughs) <laughs> they probably yeah. get harder. They're better conditioned. So it's hard to compare eras. What you need to do is take the old videos of the Packers in the mid 60s and run the videos at 110% speed. Then <laughs> 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 Jim Taylor and Horning, when they're doing the sweep, they're just zipping through there. Sometimes these old newsreel things do go faster. Yeah. Because now the running backs are built for speed and power. Yeah. Derek Henry, you've got a guy that's big and fast and still i'd rather have jimmy brown we've seen both of those running backs play and jim brown was a combination of everything so yeah he was great yeah he's the slow slowest man in history back to the huddle <laughs> <laughs> i remember hearing that he took his just time get up and he'd walk back the huddle and then he'd get the ball again and just run until <laughs> the guys i don't remember him ever going out of bounds Let's put it that way. Either a bunch of guys tackled him or he was in the end zone. Barton Scott has said it before that he didn't avoid that. He actually looked for tackle. He felt better running to them rather than trying to hit. Or those, yeah, those guys had to make business decisions. <laughs> I'm curious as to your thoughts about having the Harry Beecher as in that first ballot or not, because we ended up not putting him in this first ballot. I say good decision. What you're trying to do, and Ray did a masterful job of this on the baseball when he was carrying the torch alone is your first ballot is establishing your credibility. It's like my price guy, the first surveys and the first books, if they'd have been crummy and people say that's out of touch, what's that coming from? We don't understand that. It would have been bad. And so this is an extremely credible ballot that would have given people pause of, Hey, where are they coming from? That's too esoteric. 
And next time, or maybe even the time after that, eventually it belongs in there, guys. But the first time would be confusing. I think it'll take it a while to get in as well, because we are trying to push this to a broader audience to develop interest in the hobby and grab a couple of maybe predominantly baseball guys, predominantly basketball guys. So that one will be a little tough one because it's hard for us football guys to even find and see it on a regular basis. You don't have the same people voting each year, presumably in baseball. Every year it gets a little bit bigger, but it may be the same thing that you have with how Scott Rowland got in. Is that each year he creeps up a little bit more and then you got Omer Vizquel. Each year, he drops a little bit more. So you may see that it creeps up as these 10 guys get pulled out every year. The other best guys remaining are getting more votes. Yeah. Sure. If you could rewind to 80, that would have been about three years after I was born. So I don't exactly know what it was like in 1980. (laughs) How were the early sets in football thought of in 1980? Your Sport King sets or your National Chickle sets or some of the big cards from that era, were they already establishing their importance or is that something that came more recently as to how we look at those sets at the first national you mentioned 1980 the first book i did was 79 but at that first national in la the amount of football stuff there actually football cards way less than 10 percent you didn't even bring them because the demand wasn't supply wasn't great but demand wasn't great either in fact of the football stuff that was at the first national was probably more memorabilia than cards now, would they have brought Nagurski and Rockney or the Sport Kings, Grange and Thorpe? Yeah, but they wouldn't have singled them out. I just don't think there were football only people. It just didn't get full respect, guys. They yeah. were judged by how many baseball sets you had. There was way more football than basketball at the First National. And the leading dealers of the uh, all over the country came to this. They didn't bring their football because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't as high demand. And without the internet, you'd have to find a football person and work with them through the mail or something like that. I'm glad we have today. Today, it's easier to get cards. You have to pay more, but it's easier to get them. If you want something and and young people are trading a lot, these trade nights, but you got to trade good cards for good cards. That's always been the case. I've always tried to trade junk for good stuff. Guys, after all these years, I'm realizing that does not work. So football was was not held in high esteem. Nagurski was, but there just weren't that many of them. If you put a bounty on, I'm paying whatever, $100,000 for any Nagurski, you actually would get a few. (laughs) But you wouldn't get as many as you would think because they're just not out there. What would you say, Dr. Becker, is the T206 of football, the 52 mantle? Would would it be the Bronco Nagurski? And I don't know after that, just for people. It's the toughest card in the 30s. We're in a superstar-driven industry hobby as well people want guys that are exemplary they wish they were and they need to relate to them either through watching them on tv or whatever so if they can't remember him or relate to him i think that's not good and nagurski there are not many people around that saw him play i didn't see him play i think rockney was dead before before i was born but still the exploits you've heard of the exploits the good point for your sake is that the this hall of fame is going to have legs going to be getting more and more of the old guys in but you're going to get newer guys in too and it'll be stimulating yeah and that's the whole point too is to educate absolutely just talk about peyton mannings there's jim thorpe and the legends of the game that's a big part of the reason we did this was to try to educate there's just not a lot of vintage football folks in the youtube space there's a few of us but not a lot there's a lot more modern football people out there just trying to get exposure to which i think baseball does an amazing job of recognizing their games 
great players of the you can trace World Series back so far. But in football, they were just NFL championships at the time. And when the Super Bowl era started, it's kind of that's when football yeah. really it's like it stops there and there's the first 50 whatever years is not even really talked about. So just trying to educate the masses a little bit more on that in the yeah. YouTube community, especially. Well, the I've, Super Bowl has done it. I've never thought about it quite like this. The rebirth of football cards in the public consciousness is synonymous with the junk wax era. And football greatly contributed to the junk wax aspect of pro set, for example. There's still cases of pro set out there, I'm sure. <laughs> football. Living set, it's still living and propagating. So um, that's the reason why I think you've got a lot of young people that collect football and modern only. Because right. that's they got into it in the 80s. So what could be due for run-up, if you just looked at the pop reports, any 40s, 50s, 60s football, maybe even 70s football. In near mint, there's some mid-70s stuff. The higher grade cards, they're just they're not out there. Right. And frankly, Hall of Famers go for such a fraction. Still, again, the market's going to go where it's going to go by you guys giving attention to Moore was a great player. But oh, yeah. Hearts don't sell for very much. Gino Marchetti, Raymond Berry. I met Raymond Berry, and you stand him up next to Randy Moss. There's nothing that Randy Moss couldn't do better than Raymond Berry except run a precise route and catch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and he coached yeah. as well. Raymond Berry belongs in there. But again, he's not what you think about with 57 tops. Right pretty far down the line and yet he was a very reliable receiver i'm not saying he made uninus but again that's the other problem in football is that in baseball you stand up to the plate and nobody's yeah. helping you in football you need offensive line <laughs> protecting you you might need a running threat you might need a great receiver and you put all that stuff together. So why had Marvin Harrison in there? Eventually, Mike, Michael Irvin. But that's not what you think about when you think of 89 for Irvin. And that's the hope, too, as well, is that down the line, in the beginning, it's going to be a lot of quarterback, running back, wide receiver driven, linebacker, couple defensive ends. But hopefully, offensive linemen like Anthony Munoz and these yeah. legendary players. And I know because they're linemen, they don't get the attention. But you have one offensive lineman. Yeah. That's and just he's not how, really you know, known for being an offensive lineman. Yeah. Chuck Benaric played both ways. Yeah. But offensive lineman, the regular Hall of Fame tries to do positional balancing, I think. Yeah, they do. And you guys don't have to do that. It's out of your hands. You're going to yeah. put the ballot out there. And if you were to put some offensive linemen on there, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> People exactly. Play. That's where football did itself a disservice that we don't compare well to baseball is those statistics and things like that. Even D linemen, sacks weren't an official statistic, tackles weren't an official yeah. statistic. And where baseball gets to say, hey, we got a 3,000 hit club, we got a 500 home run club. We don't really have that type of stuff across different positions and things like that. We have the all pros and the pro bowls, but those were a little bit of a mess and a hodgepodge early on. So it's not clean comparisons to right. silver sluggers and gold gloves over years. So that definitely is a detriment to the excitement when you're looking up a player in the card itself. It's tougher to do football because you yeah. have some positions that don't have stats. As we progress in future years with more modern, we'll start to get in. How do you think those type of collectors or those folks that find that more popular, how do we, from a Hall of Fame standpoint, hone in on what cards are being, because early on, there's just 
Marino's got 184 tops card. That's it. We're not worrying about variations and things like that. He doesn't have a red and a blue and a numbered out of 199 or whatever, those types of things. What do you see that landscape looking like in the future as far as, and not just for a Hall of Fame and for sports cards, but just we always look for in the longevity of those term collectors. The danger is that if you go to a um, J.J. Watt super collector and say, we want to get some more defensive guys in there. What's his best card that we can add to the ballot next year? That sounds good, except that J.J. Watt super collector is going to tell all of his or her friends You're going to have this huge, not ballot stuffing necessarily, but you're going to be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, but is J.J. Watt the best card in any set he's in that other people are in? The other thing would be to say, let's eliminate the quarterbacks. Again, this is just an exercise in my mind. Let's eliminate the quarterbacks and who's the best non-quarterback in some of these sets from 2000 to 2023 now. And that might make it a worthy card. I don't know that people are going to vote for it. I think they may still mainly be voting for quarterbacks. But if you take out the quarterbacks and the receivers, and you have a couple of kickers in there, but they're not known for kicking. Landry punted. I think Frank Gifford did some kicking at one point. So, And Horning would be – Horning actually – pretty amazing. Easy to score a lot of points when you're scoring a lot of touchdowns and field goals and extra points, but you don't have Jan Stenerud or or Tom Dempsey. It's really got a great story to tell. Great guy. (laughs) But I think that's to come. Maybe what you could do is give a little preamble with the ballot and say, it's our intention to have this represent the whole football card or baseball card hobby. I would encourage you to not only vote for quarterbacks. We really Mm -hmm. want to get a representative Hall of Fame that represents the sport well, the players, the cards. So give it a second thought. Then it's up to the people. They say, I don't care. I'm just going to vote for my favorite guys. Well, I'm really eager to see how it turns out. The voting is going to be announced February 11th. 